Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast episode where today I'm joined uh, by a lady from Denmark by the name of Gita Winter. Gita, very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you and thank you for having me, Paul. Excellent. And you want to talk to us today, um, very appropriately, your book, Children's Meditations in My Heart. Yes. Start us off on this journey, Gita. Oh, yes. Well... I do believe that all children are born as love and light. I believe we come here full of love and light, but for many reasons we forget about it along the road. So I'm actually not setting out here to teach children about love and light, but to remind them of what they came here as and remind their parents that we have something very precious that we have to take care of. So I wrote the book because I saw that many of my coaching clients, adult clients, had lost their connection to their hearts. And I I teach a workshop for adults called Listen to Your Heart. And it just keeps filling up. There are so many people who have lost access to their hearts. Um, And when I see some of these tendencies in my adult clients, then I try to translate it into a childlike language and how children would perceive uh, connecting to their hearts and then I try to write books to help them not forget about their connection to their hearts or their connection to nature or whatever the theme of the book might be so I'm actually writing the books I had hoped that my adult clients had read when they were children so they wouldn't have to go through all that they've gone through wow love that (laughs) yeah one of the conversations I have sort of semi-regulated with, with people that um, have come across groundbreaking stuff and, and write books around it, uh, particularly around consciousness, is the undoubted power of what they have, but is the, the lack of simplicity or the, the change of language, I feel, that's needed. And if I can be allowed to contextualize that, when the work that I particular do with 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 what i uh, call people at the the cold face of life real sharp end challenges of addiction of violence which is a, a you know a backyard that i've come from i understand that world and this massively powerful stuff that that practitioners are developing and but there's a big gap in terms of the language used to communicate that those benefits and i find that quite frustrating but what i'm hearing from you is this this simplistic, let's go back to being a child because that's within us anyway and, and connecting with that inner child within ourselves as well as obviously our external children. I mean, am I hearing that correctly? Oh, yes. You're tapping totally into one of the philosophies behind writing these books for children and strongly advocating for the parents to read them to their children. So. I could have easily turned my books into audio files by now. I've had many requests, but I strongly believe in the connection 
between the parent and the child at bedtime where these books are typically read, read uh, and not just putting on an audio file and going rushing off to do the chores. Um, so what happens in my, in how I understand what goes on in all of these families, we have more than 30,000 children involved in, in my heart teaching now all over the world. And what I understand from the many emails and messages I get is that the child has such an easy way to meditating to their heart. And the parent is so surprised by this. So what happens is that the child actually becomes the teacher. And how it feels inside of me, at least I can speak for that, is that my children are connecting me to my inner child. And I was just yesterday, I was in Nottingham and the day before I was, I was lucky to meet you in Nottingham. Um, and yesterday I taught 80 children at a junior high school in Nottingham about the heart connection and just entering the room. I knew they knew, like I could just see in their eyes that many of them already had that strong connection. So they make my job really easy to come into a class when half of them already have a strong heart connection that morning and half of them might need a little help. So together in the group of 25, 30 children at a time, we can just raise that vibration. And, and that's one of the reasons why I, I feel so lucky to sit in the classroom with these children yesterday, because the power they have when they do this is just some of the most beautiful I've ever seen, like collectively sitting in a group with children, really filling their hearts with love and just you can just see it in their eyes and the way they connect with each other and with me and with, with themselves. Some of them don't want to open their eyes again because it's so beautiful in there in that meditation. And I just love it. And I find it so important that we have a school system educating our minds and maybe some schools are educating the body as well in PE, not as much as I would have liked anyway. But we, we need to start educating their hearts uh, of the children as well because so much wisdom comes from that connection so some of the things they were saying after the meditations yesterday is just pure wisdom and they these these are third graders yeah <laughs> what, uh, what I, go on sorry Gita. carry on sorry. no I, I just love it and there is so much we can learn from from these wise children if we just pay attention to them and 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 perceive them being wise when it comes to light and love is some of what we have forgotten along the way. So for parents to actually read the book and understand that it's not just the parent teaching their children about meditation or call it whatever you, you will, you will. It's, it's actually opening up a channel between the child and the parent for the parent to get educated about the power of our hearts. And the transformation that comes out of that in the whole way of parenting is for me, magical yeah. and profound and important. <laughs> yeah. The um, what was what was going through my mind there as you were speaking, Gita, and I don't know where this came from. And I say this on every podcast, and yeah, because these thoughts come in and these kind oh, of creative I inspirations, and it's like, and the word "hi, hi" came into my mind, and it was okay. Well, what, what, what does that mean then? Why, why? And it's, it's the a, heart's it's in, a, heart's intelligence, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a higher vibration. So yesterday we were sitting with each other in the hand and after meditating and we were squeezing and forming the circle of love between all the children. And then we raised up our arms and let it fly. It's, it's a higher vibration. So you lift up your vibration when you tune into the, the vibrations and the coherence of the heart. So it is, it is a feeling of getting high. 
getting high on love, getting high on life. And, and that's it actually last night I wrote a, a message on my Instagram account and I, I wrote, I might, I might actually have the best job in the whole wide world that <laughs> <laughs> I, but I get to do this with children because it's just, it's just magical. Yeah, it is. It is. And, uh, you know, that, um, how can I, it's, it's kind of oversimplifying it to sort of say going back to basics. But in many respects, oh, yeah. Gita, that's what we're doing, isn't it? We're going back to that, who we are, because I, and I, and I get very weary of this word believe, because that puts it back in the headspace or the brain world. But this, you know, if we can use the word believe for the time being, for, for the simplistic sort of way to communicate, but believe that, you know, when we come into this world, we are that metaphoric blank piece of paper that's called peace that's called love that's called happiness we kind of unlearn that don't we or learn alternative conditionings and and all this stuff that life you know these stereotypes and all this other stuff i call them labels and plasters and as we go through somebody sticks another label another plaster and by the time we progress through in, through adolescence and into adulthood, we, we've completely lost who we are because we've got so many labels that I don't really know who I am anymore. No. I, yeah, that's exactly a very beautiful description of it. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I see when I work with my adult clients in, in a workshop like Listen to Your Heart, I see after three hours of working intensely with some of these labels and trying to get rid of them, um it's like uh, i don't know those words in english um i have i don't have my brick vocabulary so you have to help me but when you when you tear down the wall uh, when you uh, destroy a, a bit of the brick layer that has been built around your heart for many reasons that's how it feels in this workshop and you just see this this sense of childhood coming back to these people because we also connect to the inner child and maybe their own children if they have children in this workshop and when they leave, they don't want to leave that night. After those three hours, they stick around because the feeling they have tapped into inside of them feels so fragile and so important that they're afraid that when they step out the door, they'll lose that connection like that. So they, they hang around because these, there will be between 10 and 15, uh, mainly women, some, some men as well in the room. And they, they, they have a sense that they've met each other on a deeper level than some, they know some of their best friends or even their partners. So as soon as they open that door and go into the real world, then they're afraid to lose that little diamond that they just found and that little connection to their soul. And that's, what, that's why I, if they have children, if they didn't bring uh, one of the, these books home and they keep working on this together with the child, then the child will open up that little something they found inside of them, that little entrance to the heart. And, and because the children, they are natural at this. That's what I love coming into that class or those classrooms yesterday is that I could just see half of them already got it, right? I didn't have to teach them anything. They, they became my helpers because half of them really needed connection to the heart yesterday. They were third graders and, and they live in a rough neighborhood, some of them. And, and they, have, they have some conditions that, that makes going to school hard for them. So I just had half the room helping the other half of the room. It's just, it's just amazing. So children can become our teachers in so many ways um, because they, as you brilliantly said, they connect us to our inner child. And living on a daily basis with an inner child, that, that's one of my 
goals for how I want to work in this world is is to stay childlike and and stay connected to my inner child and have fun. So, like I say, with all the light workers I work with, let let's have fun while we light up the world because it can get quite heavy. The responsibility of light workers, and because we can see that there is so much for us to do, there are so many people who have lost their heart connection, and it can't that whole we have to save the planet. Everything is going wrong. The administrations in so many countries are going in the wrong direction. It can get really heavy. So what I'm trying to do is is stay more childlike and and have fun while I work, while I light up the world. Yeah, I like it. Is it is it oversimplifying it? Gita, to put it in a context, because for, for, for my own wor- work and my own world, I'm always trying to, you know, what is the most simplistic way that, dare I say, childlike way that we can convey these messages? And is it oversimplifying it to say that it's a choice between fear? Well, let's, let's park the choice element. Is it a situation between fear and love because what was going through my mind when you were speaking more about the adults and when they leave that that sort of beautiful energy of that room and go back into the real world it soon gets lost again because and i'm speaking here from experience particularly with the masculine energy i cannot show that side of me you know this this mask that we wear that we all wear to certain degrees so i just wonder you know is the message a far deeper but simpler one around be aware of your fear, but love conquers all or something to that effect? Yes, I strongly believe that. Um, in many ways, I believe that it has been quite black and white for me for many years. And what I'm learning, and this is still me learning here, uh, is also finding the heart in the darkness. So not because in the beginning it was when I was meditating and because I've always been attracted to light and I've had a very different background than your background. I know your story and I've been fortunate to grow up in a loving family. I've been with my husband for 20 years in a loving marriage. I've been very, very lucky with my relationships and, and I've never, ever had to doubt love, even love for myself. So being a part of this, um, uh, light workers uh, communion i can see that that i've had a very different uh, upbringing than many many of my colleagues here have and friends and i of course feel fortunate so for me when i started working with healing and coaching i had a sense that i would only choose light and i would leave some of the darker stuff to some of you who have lived it and know how to to work with it and the more i work with people of many different backgrounds, the more I know that it's actually bringing in the love into the darkness as well and learning to find the heart in the darkness. And I'm still, I'm still trying to understand this, but it makes a lot of sense to me. I'm, I'm just trying to understand what it is that I, I'm always, when I get curious about something, I know I'm learning. I know that it's, it's building up for the next book or, you know, it's building up for the next project. So I'm a student of something I'm going to teach later on. And I still, I'm not ready to teach it, but it's not as black and white. It's not so dual anymore. It's it's more bringing the love into the darkness, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And if I could just elaborate and share my insight on how I'd uh, respond, Gita, to your, you know, the fortunate um, 
you know, the, the life that you've enjoyed so far. And my take upon that is in oneness, there's a paradox, isn't there? For us to be one, we need to be aware of duality. Mm-hmm. And the duality, you've painted that picture just in one, in one you know, context there of your good upbringing, my not good upbringing. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, within this oneness that undoubtedly we are and we share, even if we've lost sight of that, just because we may have lost sight of it as a human being doesn't mean it's not there. That just means we've no. lost sight of it. <laughs> no, I know. Um, I know. So, so for me, listening to you speak there, Gita, was a question of, okay, so this duality, which is actually a contradiction on oneness, but this duality that exists, so we have day. If we have day, we must have night. If we, had, if we have hot, we must have cold. If we have dark, we must have light. And we're actually being aware of both. And that's fine. Yes. But it's the awareness, isn't it, that's the key? Yeah. It's the awareness. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's the willingness to shift because in the darkness and in the coldness and in all of those lower uh, vibrations, we get stuck. And what I try to do with many of my clients is lift the vibrations by changing some of their habits, way of thinking, um, way of living in many ways, way of perceiving themselves, way of loving themselves. Then we lift the vibration and the more, the higher, the, you said the word before, high, the higher the vibration, the easier it is to get by. And, and I think many of the successes I've had in my life have come easy to me, easily to me, because I have a high vibration. So uh, when we get low, uh, there are learnings down here, but we can't get stuck there. And I see many people right now, the society we have right now, uh, we have stress and we have depression, and it's, it takes forever to get out of it out of it even when the worst stress is over people are still so low in energy um, so if we can avoid uh, if we can avoid getting that low, low and getting stuck on some of the lower vibrations there is so much to gain so stress comes when the sum of um, challenges just keeps growing and our resources keep dropping so what we want to do is, of course, deal with the challenges and, and make them smaller, uh, not as, as strong, but we, we want to keep our resources high. So I work with both sides of the, of the balance with my adult clients. And when I, before I wrote the children's meditations in my heart, I was a ghostwriter of a book called Student Life Without Stress. I wrote it for a student counselor. And understanding what these students are going through and why it's so stressful being in university today and even high school uh, made me look at my own girls who were three and six at that time. And I thought, oh, I have quite some time now before you maybe want to go to university. So how can I help you? What is the most important thing? What is it I see in these university students that we've interviewed for the book? What is it there? What is it that they haven't been taught? And the strong heart connection was for me the answer. And that's why I translated some of the heart meditations I'd been taught when I was uh, in training to become a healer um, and working with vibrations and meditation techniques. Uh, I thought, okay, if we could only translate that into a childlike um, language and universe, then there wasn't a chance that if they grew up with that, they would have that strong heart connection when they were choosing which direction they wanted as a young adult. Uh, in Denmark, they have to choose really early. 
even after ninth grade, you get the first feelings of this is a life choice. And I'm, I'm trying to say to all the young people that you can change directions many times throughout your career, but the, the pressure is there already after ninth grade. And, and just being able to tap into your heart and really feeling what is it that makes me happy and not so much what are my parents expecting of me or society or my grades or whatever. It's just what, what's making me happy is, is, is so important. And that's what I, what I see is missing in many of my adult clients who know that something is completely off. But when I then ask the other question and I, I ask them, so what would you like in your life? They're like, I don't know. I don't know because I've lived with this low vibration for so long. I don't even know if I want blueberry pancakes or banana pancakes anymore. Yeah. So one of the things I also love about this connection, I call it a dance with duality, because as much as you know, oneness is who and what we are within the universe. Absolutely. This duality and this, you know, has already alluded to due to this awareness of this duality. And I'm just going to bring this back, if I may, to the context between your upbringing and mine. And if I can yes. be allowed to use the, the, the polarization of the black and white, whereas yours was very white and mine was very yes. black. And to any people that are listening that, oh, and, and I do have this level that it's okay for you to talk in all this soft, flowery language now, Paul. You're okay. You've got it sorted. Have I really? <laughs> that, that's your perception because the reality is this. I didn't come from your very light, warm, loving background, Gita, as you know. I've come from the contrast of the other one. But where I sit now is to say to the world, Gita's background and that way of living and that love is absolutely the way forward. It's the only way. The rest is just stuff that we that we get, as you say, stuck in. So that's why earlier on I used the word choice because we. I think the first step from that is that conscious choice to say, do you know what, I have really had enough of this way of being. I don't know what the answer is yet, but I know there's something better. Yes. I know there's something better and it's kind of then dancing with the duality as you go along and attracting people that will lift you. Uh, and yeah, and of course there'll be challenges, but there's challenges in darkness anyway. Mm. You know, there's challenges for a plant that's embroiled in dark, rich soil that's bursting to shoot through and see light. Yes. But whilst it's in that darkness and struggling to grow... And that's, I think, is, is a good metaphor for what we do as people. So for people, and I, I heard it recently with Marianne Williamson, where Major Garrett has interviewed her about um, stand, uh, running for office next year in the 2020 uh, Democrat race. And I think it's a phenomenal, um, you know, the winds are changing massively blowing through this world massively oh, yeah. but we'll come to that one in a moment Gita but I mean I'm kind of paraphrasing now when Major Garrett sort of said well yeah okay Marianne you know you've got this this um you know this way of being this beautiful way of being but some of your rivals are kind of saying and these are my words these are my interpretations this is not Major Garrett saying this verbatim but you know this kind of loony left Pollyanna head in the cloud oh this kind of how how's that going to affect the real world and it was a fascinating interview for me Gita, because as one that's come from those stark desperate challenges of darkness I'll say it again 
there is only one ever going to be one winner and it's not the darkness no no i strongly believe that and and whenever people are saying what is this light and heart light and what is all of that stuff you're talking about come with me into that classroom yesterday you can feel it when you have 30 30 students sitting on the they're eight nine years old filling their hearts with love the energy in that room is so massive that nobody cannot feel it it's like everybody even the birds outside and the people walking by on the street would have felt that yesterday so one thing is us meditating and lifting our vibration on an individual basis when what we come together and do it everybody can feel it in the room and that's why people don't want to leave after a session like that because it feels so uh, just calming and it's such a nice place to be and i i keep saying to my clients i have one-on-one sessions where i take them into their you know gardens and we heal the stuff that needs to be healed and we find the next leading pathway for them and they they are like how can i ever go back to work tomorrow i'm like well this is the real world the inner world is the real world the rest out here is just some kind of game we're playing so this is what is what is inside of you is the truth and one thing i know from also working with clients who come from a different background than mine is that as long as we are alive as long as our hearts are still beating there we have heart light it's it's not lost so no matter the darkness, we can still find that little light. And one of the women who taught me this was in a meditation class when I was trained to become a healer. And when I got to know the, the little love mountain myself the first time, and I was, we, this, my mentor uh, took me into a meditation and we were 15 of us in the room. And we, we got to see the mountain and we got to go inside the love mountain, find our hearts and Everything in my meditation was just so beautiful, full of light and colors. And I heard the most beautiful music and I had the big smile on my face. And I just loved being there like unicorns and rainbows and la la land. And just thinking, oh, the, what a wonderful world was playing in the background. You know, like it's just, it couldn't be more perfect. Everything was just purple and pink and yellow and so loving. And my heart was big and I filled the whole room up with love and I could send love it into the universe and there was no boundaries for the love I felt. And we came out of the meditation and we were sharing and I was talking about, oh, I love this and da, 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 da. And then this woman, when it was her turn next to me, she was maybe 15 years older than me. And this is maybe uh, eight years ago or something. Uh, She was 15 years older than me and she was bent over as she was speaking. She wasn't going, la, la, la. She was just bent over and her tears were running down her cheeks. And and she'd been working with my mentor there for many years, uh, had been to the Love Mountain many times before. And, And what was different today and why she was crying is that when we came into... In, you go into the mountain and you look for your heart and you turn it up with love. That's the basic of this meditation. Um, we were asked to turn around. And this woman said that she had been in that mountain for the past 10 years with this mentor and guided her into the mountain. And it has just been completely dark for the past 10 years. She couldn't find anything in there, but she kept on looking. And today when our mentor told us to turn around, over there in the corner, she saw a little light and it felt like a little chick. And she walked over and she picked up that little heart 
little little something just with a vague light light inside and she carried it like it was the most precious thing she ever saw and put it in the middle where it was supposed to be and she blew into it blew love into it like you would almost uh, help somebody like what do you call that rescue help she blew love into that little chick of love that little that little heart and she saw that little beat that little pulse that little light and she knew she'd found it and she would never ever lose it again and when i was because i i see all these energies so i look into the meditation i'm very visual so when i saw how it must have been in her mountain and how it was in my mountain i was like oh my goodness we have to teach the children this because they should never ever lose their idea luckily this woman kept on searching she came back to the mountain and she was steady like she knew that one day something would happen and that day was the day and and for me it was just that's when i understood the difference of an upbringing like mine and an upbringing like yours or hers uh, and and how much help we have in our life if we have a strong heart connection as we grow up all the choices we make and all the relationships we attract and all of that that we build in our lives that if we don't lose that connection then i just think uh, we have we have such a much higher vibration and from that so many wonderful beautiful things can manifest yeah wow so that's also finding the heart in the darkness for me is that she didn't give up and as long as we're alive as long as our hearts are still beating there's still time to find that beautiful heart no matter the size it's still there absolutely definitely i want to uh, i want to home in on your children's meditations in my heart book and page seven um i've i've, I've read the book and this has really jumped out at me and, I, and it's the penultimate paragraph Gita. the children's meditations in my heart and the symbols you get to know from reading the book will help you as a family to talk about love more become even more conscious of your love and turn up the love even more that is i mean in a few short words i don't think it gets any more powerful than that no that's exactly what i'm looking for and and again the children will teach us because once we start meditating with this book or another similar book once we tune into our love at bedtime that's where because all the imbalances we see in the children who are already being labeled, as you were talking about earlier, the imbalances that occur from that, we, I saw that in the classroom yesterday as well, in, 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 I would say, half of the students, and half of them had a strong heart connection, half of them didn't, something like that. Um, and um, one of the ways we see these imbalances in children is in their inability to fall asleep. So for the many reasons, so many of the interviews I usually give, we start talking about sleep right away. And I love that we haven't even touched upon it yet because that wasn't really my intention when I wrote the book to write a sleep help book for parents to help their children fall asleep. I, I wrote the book because of this strong heart connection. It turned out that when we meditate with our children at bedtime, when we turn up the love inside their hearts, when we tap into that strong connection we have in our love for each other, and when we feel the love for the universe and we feel connected to Mother Earth, then it's so much easier to fall asleep. So one of the ways parents understand that there is something going on in their children is when the children can't sleep. That's when they start Googling 
that's when they find books like mine, uh, books that have been labeled a sleep help book for children, because uh, many parents who are struggling to get by in their days and have stressful lives and, and have all these imbalances going on in their households, they don't pick up a book to start connecting to their hearts. It's just simply not in their minds. But when they see that children are suffering from not being able to fall asleep for two, three hours every night, they struggle and it becomes a battle that nobody's going to win because there are losers on both sides when the child has been struggling for three hours. She's going to wake up uh, stressful in the morning and the parent is, is stressful going to bed. Everything is just a bad circle. So the imbalances we see in children, the first signs we see in their inability to fall asleep and that's when they pick up the books so it, it's a bedtime meditation book then they see that the children all of a sudden it takes 10 minutes so they've been struggling for months maybe years with their children's sleep three two three hours every night now it takes 10 minutes and they see the little smile on the face of their child and they feel this wow what happened to me as and while i was reading the book as well and then the next morning they wake up and everybody has slept much more so everybody's more happy um, and and they have been talking about some of them so we have you have the mountain I'll just show you have the mountain and you have the, the heart inside the mountain you have the, the parents heart and then you have the cloud and in the cloud that has become a very powerful meditation for the children because they understand that this love is not just here at bedtime we think about our children many times throughout the day we send love to them. We wish that they are having a good day and all of that. It ends up in the love cloud and the children can connect to the cloud as they go to school or to camp and they can get that hug from the parents that, so they don't feel so disconnected, so separated from their parents as, as some of these children do. Um, and in that sense, the whole language from the book becomes part of how the parents communicate with their children. So they will say, well, remember you have your little love cloud or you know, you can always go into the love mountain and, and tap into your love or they would, they start using the language from the book and then they see that that's helping out. So we don't see so much separation anxiety. We don't see that the children long don't want to go to camp or, you know, are homesick or stuff like that. We see so many improvements and the parents as, as they just tune into their heart more and more and more, they see all these improvements. They're like, okay, what's happening here? Everything is changing. I'm changing. I'm not yelling so much anymore. I don't feel so stressed out anymore. My children are doing much better. And then we have, you know, laid the seeds for change, like real change and into what I call heartfelt uh, parenting or conscious parenting. Um, so it all begins with this imbalance in their sleep. Like it's a sleep. My child won't sleep. My child can't sleep. And and then all of a sudden it changes into this beautiful way of parenting. So for me, it is a, a lifestyle, a lifestyle uh, changer. Is it a question that we're all, I don't know whether to use the word learning or relearning, Gita, about speaking from our hearts? Is that what it's all about? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a long way coming. There are so many people who aren't connected to their hearts. And if they aren't, how can they teach their children to remain connected? So that's why we need an education of the heart in the schools. And that's why we need podcasts like yours and books like yours. Uh, 
I think you and I standing next to each other, and if you want to keep the dual teacher paradigm here, we, we, we reach different people and we speak the same language. Uh, we know about the power of the heart. We know about let love conquers everything, no matter if we have an upbringing like mine or yours. We, you and I both understand the power of love in our lives. Um, and we can reach different people, different children, different animals, different, you know, um, by teaching next to each other. Uh, and that's what I love about this community we have that, yeah, we, we basically speak the same language. We just have different experience to explain it from. Absolutely. And, and how I perceive that, Gita, is yes, we can actually go like that um, with you, with young children, me, with whatever. But actually, that comes to, to form a diamond again, because actually what we do between us, we create oneness and that awareness yeah. around oneness. So whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're black, whether you're white, gay, straight, rich, poor, all those dual labels that exist throughout our conditioning, that's all they are, totally irrelevant labels. And I think what we create, what we dance, our dance again with duality again is we create this energy, this vibrational energy that that people, whether they're young, to start using labels or old, will will gain from. And that's that's how I see it. And this, you know, this collaboration, this responsibility I, I feel that we have as as, you know, to use the term light workers. Um, and I take your point massively, what you said earlier on, Geeta, about this. It can, if we're not careful, become so heavy. And, and certainly yes. in, in my past, it has done. And I posted a video this morning in, in, a, in another group that we're both uh, connected with about, you know, the earlier days when, you know, that responsibility. I've had enough. I don't want it anymore. Let somebody else do it. I've had enough. But you can't walk away from it because it's, you know, to use yet again an old word, a dated word. It's your vocation. It's your calling. It's who you are. It's what you do. It's why you are on this earth. And that's certainly yes. how I embrace this this beautiful um, this beautiful energy that is naturally us. Yes, yes. And if you have ever have doubts in this kind of work uh, that we do, if you think, "Oh, I can't publish this book," or "I don't know how to bring this podcast to the world," or "I don't know how to build a platform," or all of those technicalities that of course can challenge all of us or I don't know how to raise the money for this project or whatever it is then for me at least I only have to close my eyes in a meditation for 20 seconds and all these children will just pop out and say come help us come help us so having the pull from so many people who need us to continue and figure out the ways we don't know yet so, so often I'm challenged to both step out of my comfort zone and at the same time my skill zone. There are so many things I haven't done before. I, I have to do all the time. And the reason why I keep on going, keep on going, keep on going is because I know that every day I help more children connect to their hearts. And it's so important. It's, it's so important. Yeah. I want to start to, to work towards a close now, Geeta, but I want to ask you a question which is um, which I thought was a very simple question. I've asked it so many people, and it was part of the 100th podcast episode. And actually that 
perception that it was a very simple question. It's turned out to be anything but. So I'm kind of fascinated by the, the, the question itself. And I want to I want to put it to you in the context of our conversation, our dual dance, if you will. And it's this. What does speaking from your heart mean to you? Mm, yeah, I love that question. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's it's not so much a voice or speaking. It's more an energy. So it's it's opening up my heart and creating a space for something to happen. So if I'm teaching a workshop like Listen to Your Heart, I'm opening up my heart to these adults that I'm working with and I'm providing a space. I'm speaking from my heart and I'm of course speaking, but it's so much more than that. It's there are so many things going on in the body and and when they step into that space of energy, they feel confident enough to speak up or say what they have in mind or share something that is is difficult and when they share i'm still speaking from my heart i'm still holding that space so for me it's it's more speaking from my heart is more opening up my heart and speaking from that vibration of love uh, making sure that my clients feel that it's safe to speak from their hearts or to begin to speak from their hearts and tell their stories uh, and it's exactly the same I do with my children and the children I teach. And what I teach through my books is that when we open up our hearts at bedtime, it feels like the children can crawl into that energy and find peace and, 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 and love and feel calm. Whereas the opposite is having a closed heart and just speaking with our mouth and saying, you got to go to bed, you got to go to bed, you got to get up early in the morning, then the heart is completely closed. And we are not providing any safe zone. We're just providing fire, like lightning energy. And nobody can fall asleep when everything is going crazy around them. So like for me, speaking from my heart is opening up my heart and sharing a space of love uh, where so many wonderful things can, can happen. Excellent. Wow. So if, I mean, this is for me personally, Geeta, has been a, a fascinating conversation. Is there anything that you feel has been left on the table that you know has not been put your way that you want to talk about? Anything else you want to share? And the only thing that is so always, I'm so passionate to, to say is that it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you are right now. There's always a choice to go in another direction and to pick up books like mine or yours um and and start just slowly changing our ways and then i promise that the light is there wow and that kind of embraces uh, my my final question to you Gita. and i think you may have answered it there but that's not for me to assume or george because i'm going to ask you the question anyway and you will take it you will answer the way you deem appropriate if you had just one one legacy creating message to leave to the world and i'm sure you have got hundreds if not thousands but just one what would that one message be we can always lift our vibration we can always get to that higher state of vibration if we have to crawl each level all the way up we can do it we can crawl we can crawl the way out of the darkness and we can start flying higher and higher up so we can always lift our vibration and get to that state of feeling high, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. How can people get in touch with you, Gita, if they want to know more? What's your, what's your contact details? 
And they can find me on roomforreflection.com and I'm on uh, um, Facebook called Room for Reflection, E-I-N-T, International. And I'm on Instagram with Kits Meditate. Okay, so we'll put these details in the um, in the show notes for the listeners. And I think all that remains now, Geetu, is for me to offer my sincere gratitude for this uh, <laughs> this dance with duality. <laughs> oh, I, I really loved it, Paul. I really loved it. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thank, uh, and thank you for the very important work you do as well. I know we stand next to each other and I know we reach different people and I salute you for all that you do as well. Yeah, and it's interesting that is, Geetu, because what I am becoming increasingly aware of, a part of what I do there's a big missing part and that big missing part is exactly what you do and that's something i need to start you know getting more involved with people that are experts in that and and start bringing that into the frame and encouraging young children to speak from the heart which is exactly if i'm hearing correct what you do so there needs to be you know that's a lesson for me that i need to learn and i need to learn that very quickly and i am learning that very quickly so thank you for that thank you And also to you, the listeners, for being part of this uh, beautific conversation between two two light workers, to use Agita's term. Uh, And I just want to sign off by, as I always do, and regular listeners will know what I'm going to say here, and it's this, that no matter what you do in life, always walk your path with heart. Heart, helping everyone achieve results towards success.